What up, what up, what up? Episode 10. I can't believe I made it to double digits. I should be on episode at least 18 by now, but life gets in my way sometimes. But like I've said before, hopefully this is the start of it being more frequent because I really do love doing these. Like, because <laughs> there's nobody here for me to argue with. So anything I say, I feel like I'm right because nobody's here disputing it. I wanted to try to get a co-host, but it hasn't worked out for me yet. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Arizona Iced Tea, please sponsor me. Frito-Lay, please sponsor me. Corn Nuts, please sponsor me. You know what? I I went and I don't even know if I bought any, but I do want to buy some. That organic soap that I see on the infomercials all the time. I forget what it's called, but I try to buy some. I don't remember if I put Dr. Sasquatch men's soap. I want to get some so bad, bro. Hey, Dr. Sasquatch, please sponsor me. Please. But if I get some, I'll let you guys know how it is. I heard it's really cool. I really want to try it. Deuces. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, the week prior to UFC 257, there was this big announcement that Dana White was finally going to reveal what Khabib was going to do next. And to be honest with you, we all got our legs pulled, bro. Like, that's what happened here. Because I was ready to hear one of two things. The winner of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier would be crowned the new lightweight champion. Or, if Conor won, he would get another crack at Khabib. If if Dustin wins, his next fight would be for the vacant UFC lightweight title. Something along those lines. Because what Dana said was, I've talked to Khabib and I'm going to announce on air, meaning during the fights, how it's going to affect the main event and co-main event of next week, meaning UFC 257. So we all go. We all go. Like little cubs to a stack of honey. We listen to Dana. He goes. So what Khabib said to me was, I want somebody to impress me and then I'll think of coming back. Which honestly was a whole lot of nothing because what he basically said, he's like, that was code for basically saying, I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. So let next week play out and then I'll tell you. What I do know, now that we know the results of all these events already, what I do know is that 
Once they got back from Abu Dhabi, Dana and Khabib were going to sit down again. I don't know if that meeting has happened. I don't know if it's going to happen this week or next weekend. I know it's going to happen soon if it hasn't happened already. And right there we will get a concrete answer. But okay, fine. I'll play along. Something spectacular happens. Bro, two things spectacular happened. One, Conor McGregor got knocked out. Like he just did. I was crying, bro. Like I was in the fetal position. I wasn't really in the fetal position, but that would have been funny if I was. Um, <laughs> I really wasn't. You guys got to believe me. Now that I said that, I'm never going to be able to live that down. Anybody who hears this, they'll be like, ha, 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 Adrian was in the fetal position when Conor got his ass handed to him. I really wasn't. I don't know why I said that. And the easy thing for me to do is delete it, but I don't feel like it, so you guys are going to hear it. So, Conor McGregor gets knocked out. First of all, Dustin... I was going to say Dustin McGregor. Dustin Poirier had a good game plan with the cap kicks. And he immobilized Conor. If I can give Conor some criticism, he took too much of a power boxer stance. Meaning? Meaning? Because Conor, you know, he's about movements, fluidity, spinning kicks. He tried to actually throw a spinning kick and it did pretty good, but... But, like, when he was moving in there, he looked more like a power boxer, meaning that he was really sitting on his shots. More like Nick and Nate do, where, like, they have a really hard time checking the leg kicks. And it got to a point where he's like, dude, I'm in trouble here. I need to do something here. That he started catching the kick, but it was still doing damage because he would catch it. But yet, it would still do damage to his calf. By the second round, that dude couldn't move anymore. Dustin starts throwing flurries at him. The fight's over. And I'm sitting there going, dude, what happened? Okay. For those saying, Conor McGregor's done, you're just haters. Now, you guys are going to say I'm saying that because I love Conor McGregor, which is true. I really do love Conor McGregor. But I also love Dustin Poirier. I love Nate Diaz. If you guys listen to the show, I was telling you, do not sleep on Michael Chandler. And he proved me right. He proved me right. And I hope his performance starts legitimizing people outside the UFC because there's a whole bunch of those type of motherfuckers out there. Excuse my language. I just get excited when I'm right because it's not very often that I'm right, but I was right. But my point is, Conor looked great. He had a bad game plan, in my opinion. Dustin had a better game plan. He was able to impose it. And what's crazy is this sets up a massive trilogy fight. Now, what I don't agree with, because I believe they did Nate dirty on this, was they want to give Connor the immediate trilogy and Dustin's for it. But yet, if it was Nate asking for the trilogy after the second fight, they didn't do that. I do realize why they didn't do that because they wanted to push the double champ champ to make Connor into an even bigger star. So I do understand that first time Madison Square Garden, Connor goes to be the first double champ champ in UFC history and gets it. But if they give Connor the third fight right away, and we all know Khabib is probably done because by all points and purposes, that's what he, he's been saying. And what makes me laugh, two people have said the key to getting Khabib back, and for whatever reason, these fighters are not pouncing on it. 
Bikiri getting Habib Nurmagomedov, the ego back into the octagon is beating Islam Makachev. But you have to beat the brakes off that guy, which is what I think people assume they can do. And honestly, I'll tell you who can probably do it out of all the top contenders. It's Michael Chandler. If anybody can beat Khabib, right now, out of all the top guys, it's Michael Chandler. I'll tell you why later, but... So, Dustin, good on you, bro. You imposed your game plan. You you invested in the leg kicks early. Connor caught him a few times. I gave Connor the first round 10-9, but, like, I've been told it doesn't matter, dude. He lost the fight, which is true. He lost the fight to Dustin. First round, they called it, I mean, second round TKO, but honestly, bro, I thought it was a KO. Should have been a KO. So, what's next for Dustin? You give him Charles Oliveira. You give him Charles Oliveira because... I'll tell you why. You give him old Charlie Olives. I shouldn't say that because I like Charles Oliveira. You give him Charles Oliveira because... The top five are... Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveira, Chandler... And Ferguson... You're not going to give Dustin, because he's coming off of two wins. You're not going to give him Tony, who's coming off of two losses. You're not going to give him Gaethje, because he already beat Gaethje. So out of the top five, you give him Charles Oliveira for the vacant belt. That's only if Khabib doesn't come back. If Khabib comes back, you him and Dustin go again. And I believe I've already said this, but I will say it again. The only criticism you can really give Khabib is that he's never rematched anybody. Because I honestly do believe a rematch would cement his legacy. Because, yes, you know what he's going to do, but you haven't physically felt him until you first fight him. Now, with that data fighters have, they're going to know what to expect and they can plan accordingly. Mm, but yeah, you would give him Charlie, Charles Oliveira. I was going to say Charlie Olives again. Sorry, Charles. I love you. You give him Charles Oliveira because that's, for one, that's a good fight. And they, for the mere fact, they haven't fought each other. Like, that's it. That'd be a good fight. Although he has said that he would pick a Nate Diaz fight. This is Dustin. He would go for Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz put out a tweet. And I read it in his voice. I'm, a tra- I'm training to whoop your ass next. He put that out there. Or the trilogy fight with Connor. Now, okay, I understand Connor makes the company a lot of money. But if you give him a title shot off of the way he lost, like the sport loses integrity, bro. Like straight up. Because there is a case that you can make, well, They gave Diaz, Nick Diaz, a fight, a title fight with GSP after he lost to Carlos Conant, which is true, yes. But a lot of people thought Nick won that fight. Like I said in my previous episode, Nick Diaz won that fight three rounds to two, maybe even 4-1 because I recently watched it. And then there's another case that, oh, Yoel got a title fight. After he lost to Costa. Well, first of all, Yoel didn't get knocked out. He looked very good in that fight. 
to me, because I also clearly watched that fight the same day as I watched Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit. You all clearly lost two rounds to one, but it was a competitive fight. They didn't. The point is, they didn't get separated from their senses like Connor did. If you give Connor the the rematch for the belt, like what are you doing here, bro? So is is it? Are we gonna keep the integrity intact? Then Honor wins here, or are we just looking at who's gonna make us the most money at this point? I'm not mad at either, but I'm just saying for the integrity of the sport. You can't put Conor McGregor into a title fight for his next fight. You just can't. Because another thing with the Yoel Romero thing, well, two things, is that GSP and Diaz were scheduled to fight when Diaz fought Condit. The only reason that didn't happen is because GSP tore his ACL. Then, with the Romero thing, um... Paulo Costa was supposed to fight Israel Adesanya that day, but Paulo tore his bicep, and Izzy goes, well, can I fight Romero? And they told him, yeah. So for both of those situations, because the champion wanted to fight those two individuals, and plus, they look good in their last outing. It's not like they got smoked. Like, Conor didn't get smoked either, but my point is he got TKO'd, and I don't think coming off a TKO loss like that, you should be able to go into a title shot. Okay, let's talk about the co-main event. Bro, what I tell you guys? Like, these dudes outside the UFC, they are killers. Like, AJ McKee, I heard he has two fights left. He's looking to go to the UFC. Patricio Pitbull. That dude is the last dude to beat Chandler, and he TKO'd him. Although, I thought the stoppage was a little early. At the end of the day, he still TKO'd him. Nadim Nenkov, that's going to be a little harder to get him to jump ship to the UFC because Fedor and the UFC don't have the best of relationships and Nadim Nenkov is a Fedor guy, but bro, you never know, you never know, bro. My point is these guys, these guys, and there have been cases like, I honestly wish, here's what I wish, here's what I wish. Now that Ben Askren got his hip replaced, he's going to box, I was going to say Logan Paul, but it's Jake Paul. He's going to box Jake Paul in April. It's April or March. I think it's April. But I want to see him take a few months and get, like, really back into, like, MMA training and take one more fight. Because look, look, let's look at his three fights. He fought Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler didn't knock him out, but Robbie Lawler was hitting him with some bombs. And a controversial win for Ben. Yeah, but he didn't get knocked out. And then he fights Jorge. Jorge runs across the cage and knees him and almost probably committed first-degree murder. But that didn't happen. But let's live in an alternative universe for sake of argument and saying that knee doesn't land. What if Ben takes him down and controls him the whole fight? But that didn't happen. Okay, you lost to Jorge. That's fine. And then they give you Damian Maya. Now, we all know Ben's strategy here. He's going to take him down and try to wrestle him. And Damian Maya's like a wizard on the ground because of his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, for the sake of argument, remember when Damian Maya fought Gilbert Burns? Isn't Gilbert really good at jiu-jitsu? But did Gilbert try to take him down? Do you guys remember? If you don't remember, it's because the answer is no. That's how good Damian Maya is. 
First, so my point is, they gave Ben a really bad style matchup, but Ben, as tough as they come, says yes and still tries to impose his game plan on him. And like Joe Rogan said, if you, if you would have watched, because there's this video when Ben Askren rolling with Marcelo Garcia, Marcelo catches him in chokes and toe holes left and right that caused Ben Askren to tap out. You don't think Damian Maya saw that and be like, I could tap this guy out. But that's where Ben was going to take the fight. My point is, I want to see what happens if he fights someone like Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson is not going to try to choke him out. I want to see him fight the rematch with Jorge Masvidal. I don't think Jorge is going to try to choke him out with a new hip. I want to see him fight Leon Edwards. Gilbert Burns might be tough. I want to see him fight Colby. I want to see him fight Usman. I'll even see him fight Hamza. Although I think Hamza would hurt him. Honestly, even Vicente Luque, I would want to see that. Why did I start talking? Okay, I started talking about Ben Askren because there are cases where dudes from the outside don't do great. But okay, look at Eddie Alvarez. Do you guys remember Eddie Alvarez's debut? He lost to Donald Cerrone. Look at what he did. He ended up being. UFC lightweight champion and headlining one of the most historic UFC fight cards in the company's history. Probably it's going to be the most historic because it's going to be the first time they were in New York and the first time somebody won two belts in two different weight classes. It was at Eddie's expense, but my point is look at Eddie's trajectory in the UFC. Like After that first fight, he was in nothing but major fights. He fought Dustin twice. He fought Gaethje. Who else did he fight? I think he fought Anthony Perez. He fought Conor McGregor. He knocked out RDA. And that's after losing his first, his UFC debut. So now getting to Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler, like... When is enough enough and people are going to start putting, like, my whole rant on this is that, because my uncle said it to me one time and I wanted to correct him. I'm like, dude, how can you say that to me? Now, what he said to me, I remember it very clearly because it was Douglas Lima versus Rory McDonald in the final for the welterweight Bellator belt. And I go, I'm like, hey, dude, you want to watch the fight? He's like, who's fighting? I go, oh, Douglas Lima and Rory McDonald. I'm like, in Bellator. He's like, oh, Bellator? I swear to God, this is what he said to me. He's like, bro, if it's not the UFC, I don't really care. I was like, what? Why? He's like, because it, these the UFC fighters are better. I was like, dude, well, yeah, for the most part, but there are guys here and there that are going to, that can hang with these guys. And, like, the thing is, the Ben Askren thing didn't really help my case because I was all, like, dude, Ben Askren's a good guy. And look at what happens to him. He barely wins his debut. And then he gets knocked out in his second fight. And then he gets choked out in what has been his last MMA fight for now. And then... I'm like, but there's still other guys. And then he goes, like, who? And then I gave him a list, like, AJ McKee, Patricio Pibble, Mike Chandler. And then he goes, I, I, I got him on my side. I got him on my side. He's like, all right, all right, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. He checks it out, and he goes, he goes, okay. 
I believe you. I believe that some of these guys can fight these other guys. So, when it got announced that Mike Chandler was going to the UFC, I'm like, this is going to be the guy to, to prove everything I've ever said is true. Because if you've seen what he did with Eddie Alvarez for his first two fights, that Michael Chandler is not half of the fighter. This Michael Chandler we saw fight Dan Hooker. Like, those, those two versions of Michael Chandler would be eaten alive by this Michael Chandler. I'm like, this is the guy. He's going to do it. Bro, did he not do it? Like, it got, like, first of all, he was able to check five of Dan Hooker's kicks, if not more. Well, let me back up. I was getting a little frustrated with Michael Chandler because, like, the, from what I have heard... They were offering him all these fights. Like, they offered him the fight with El Cucuy, like Tony Ferguson. And he didn't want it because he wanted to fight somebody else. Which ended up being Dan Hooker. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, if Chandler doesn't win, he just shot himself in the foot because he's about to lose all this hype. But, dude, did he ever win? I mean, like, everything he did was beautiful. Like, not even the overhand hook that he landed to eventually put Dan Hooker down like the body work the check kicks like everything he was doing was working and like it got to the point where I'm like this guy's the man like if you don't think Michael Chandler can beat Charles Oliveira well I won't say Charles because Charles is the man on the ground but if you don't think he can give Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier a fight, like, dude, I'm sorry to say this, but are you even a fan? Like, not even a fan of Michael Chandler's, like, a fan in general, like, just because he came from Bellator, and my cousin, he's funny, he's like, I want to see Michael Chandler get his ass kicked. I'm like, why? He's like, because I think it's funny when all these guys come in from different promotions with all these hype and they just get their ass completely handed to them. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not of that mindset. But so Michael Chandler wins. I'm sorry, I keep ranting. I just got really excited because I hope this starts to prove that there's other killers outside of the UFC that people either they're not aware of. Like, for example, Gary Tonin, the guy that trains Gordon Ryan in jiu-jitsu. Like, I want to see, because the problem is he's in one FC, right? And it is accessible to us, but, like, they don't have a really solid deal here in North America. I believe they're on some type of app. I'm not too sure. I want to say it's BTB. Like, I would want to see him come PFL, because that's on ESPN+, Plus. Bellator's on CBS Sports, or the UFC. He's going to get a few... Uh, a few more wins, like more experience, maybe not wins, but more experience MMA before he makes the jump, I imagine. But I feel he'll, within three years, he'll be in a major North American organization, whether it be Bellator, PFL, or even the UFC. We'll see. But my point is these guys like Patricio, Lima, Nemkov, I mentioned the, all these guys can compete in the top five. Michael Chandler just proved that. Now for Mike's next fight, I want to see him fight Justin Gaethje. 
That's a crazy fight. They have similar styles, but I think Michael's wrestling is better. I just think Mike wins. Anywhere that fight goes, that'd be a crazy fight. I know they were trying to book him and Charles Oliveira because for the Usman Burns fight, but because Chris Weidman tested positive for COVID. Speedy recovery, Chris. So the Uriah Hall fight, which was Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman, they were supposed to serve as the co-main event on that card. They called Michael Chandler to fight somebody. He didn't say who, but if you use process of elimination... It would be Charles Oliveira. And Charles, for whatever reason, said no because it wasn't for the title. And, like, I don't... Like, I get what he's trying to do because he was so dominant. He's in the number three spot and he doesn't want to risk his spot. But the problem is that there's so many people with stakes at the title, whether it be Poirier... Oliveira or Chandler, I say those three guys because they're in the top five and they're coming off of wins. Like, Gaethje lost. Dustin's coming off of two wins. I believe Charles is coming off of two wins and Chandler's coming off of two wins. So it's between them three. If these guys would have fought, they automatically hop over Justin. And if Khabib is truly retired... It would have been Chan- the winner of Oliveira and Chandler versus Poirier for the vacant belt. So I don't understand what's the point of... Nah, I'm going to sit down and wait for the title. It's because it's, it's proven as a good strategy. Like, Stipe did it twice. Stipe sat out after he lost... Who did he lose to? He lost to Daniel Cormier, and he sat out a whole year until they gave him a rematch. And then Daniel sat out a whole year until, like, for the past three years, that fight headlined the summer cards. They headlined International Fight Week in 2018. Then they headlined the Honda Center the following year in August. And then they headlined again in August this year, which would have probably been Somewhere in California, because that's what they usually do. I think that one was supposed to be in Northern California. Probably at the SAP Center in San Jose. But yeah, my point is, Chandler's the man. And whoever he fights next, you know we're all going to be tuning in. So, with that said, I would do a tournament. Like, here's, here's my next fights. Dustin Poirier fights Charles Oliveira for the simple fact that he hasn't, they haven't fought. Justin Gaethje fights Michael Chandler. Now, this is where it gets interesting. You can either have Tony Ferguson fight Conor McGregor because Tony Ferguson is number five, Conor six. Or you slip Nate Diaz against Tony Ferguson and have Conor McGregor fight Rafael Dos Anjos. Or flip those fights around. You have Conor McGregor fight Tony Ferguson. where they have that whole paradigm thing going on. And you do the rematch with Rafael Dos Anjos. And Nate Diaz. You don't want to do the trilogy fight yet. Because that's a massive fight. And you can do that whenever. 
But yeah, those are my picks, bro. What other fights happened on that card? I got so enthusiastic with Mike Chandler. His big win. Joanne Calderwood looked good against Jessica I. Oh yeah, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Hibas. I wanted Amanda Hibas to win, but... Marina had other plans, bro. She beat the brakes off that girl, dude. She beat the brakes off of her. Um, let me see what rank Amanda Hibas is. Amanda Hibas is number ten, but I was looked. I was trying to see Marina Rodriguez, so I believe she's number eight. I'm about to check it out right now. Bear with me. But that fight was nuts, bro. It was crazy. Marina Rodriguez is number six. So, she's about to break into the top five. Jan Shinan. I hope I said Shinonan. I hope I said that right. The girl that just beat Claudia Gedalia. She's number three. They would be a good fight. Marina Rodriguez and her, because Nina Antonoff is number five, and I don't know if Carla's going to end up fighting Jan. Because Carla was originally supposed to fight Amanda Hibas. But Marina Rodriguez just beat her, so I don't know if they'll give Marina Rodriguez the fight with Carla Esparza or make her fight Jan. Whichever fight, I'm down to watch. This girl has a fan in me. As far as Amanda Hebas goes, she could either give the rematch to Mackenzie Dern, but I believe Mackenzie has a fight coming up. Hold on. I believe Mackenzie's fighting in April. Let me look in on that. If Mackenzie's fighting, I'm going to check who she's fighting. But Amanda Hebas and Mackenzie Dern is a good rematch. But... If I'm not mistaken, Mackenzie Dern is fighting in April. Look, so McKenzie, okay, never mind, never mind. Look, so what should happen? Because I didn't know, I didn't know this, but apparently, I knew I saw Nina's name somewhere, but I couldn't connect the two. So Amanda Hebas should fight. Michelle Watterson or Tisha Torres? Because Mackenzie Dern is going to fight Nina Antonoff on April 10th or something like that. Oh, I was right. I guessed it, but it is April 10th. They're fighting on April 10th. So, listen to me. Marina Rodriguez. Should either fight Carla Esparza or Jan Shinonen. I don't know how to say her name. I hope I'm saying it right. If I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. But one of those two fights. Don't mess this up, UFC. Give her Carla or Jan. And then, Joanna Yongjingjek should fight. Because I heard she's going to return in the summer. Um, What's her name? The wrestler that has a neck injury. Tatiana Suarez, I could not remember her name for the life of me. Joanna should fight her because Rose Nama Yunus and Wei Li Zhang are trying to fight 
somewhere in China. I don't know how they're going to make that happen with this whole COVID going around, but that's the plan. Yona Yeonjin checks number six at Flyway. Good for her, man. Oh, no, 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 that's That's the pound-for-pound pound girls ranking. I thought it was the flyweight thing, but it's not. And then moving on to Joanne Calderwood. She just beat um Jessica I, right? I have the updated rankings right here. She just beat Jessica I. Shut up, computer. So Joanne Calderwood's number six. Cynthia Calvillo is coming off a loss against Caitlin Chukagian. Jennifer Maya is coming off a loss against the champ. So, here's what should happen. I believe Joanne Calderwood should fight Cynthia Calvillo. And this is kind of dirty because I think Lauren deserves the title shot. I think... No, no, no. What you could do, you could do Caitlyn and Jennifer. But it's because it's messy, right? Because Caitlyn was on top and she just got absolutely mauled by Jessica Andrade, which made Jessica Andrade number one. So you could do Caitlyn versus Jennifer Maya since they both have losses to Valentina. And you could either do this. You can do Jessica Andrade versus Valentina Chepchenko or... You can do Lauren Murphy versus Valentina Chepchenko or, or, or. You can do Lauren Murphy versus Jessica Andrade with the winner guaranteed a title shot to the bullet, Valentina Chepchenko. Like, that that weight class is a mess right now because there's no clear, like, the strawweights have a clear path, right? It's Rose Nama Yunus. And all these other girls, they have fights. Like, Marina Rodriguez is probably going to fight Jan Shinian or Carla Esparza. Nat Antonov is going to fight Mackenzie Dern. Michelle Watterson could fight um, Amanda Hibas. Claudia Gadelia could fight Tisha Torres. Like, the strawweights have a more clear path. With the other girls, with the 135, it's, it's more murky, right? Because, where are they? That's pound for pound. Really, that's... Yeah, that's pound for pound. With the girls at 135, it's kind of, it's kind of, like... The only clear cut is Juliana Pena, but she's only number five. And then Irene Aldana, but she just lost to Holly Holm. And everybody else, Amanda murked. Like, she murked Jermaine Durandamy. She murked Holly Holm. She hasn't murked Aspen Lab, but I guarantee you she would. And she's going to fight Megan Anderson on March 6th. I think it's March 5th or 6th. I can't remember the date, but they are fighting on the three title fights, which is Peter Yan, Al Jermaine Sterling, Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson, and then... Jan Brakovic and Israel Adesanya. Why did I go on that? So that, yeah, that was for Marina Rodriguez. Um, 
I can't wait to see what that girl does next, bro. It should be good. And then the flyweights, like, so, okay, let me see here. You could do Joanne Calderwood and Cynthia Calvillo. You could do the rematch because, remember, they fought at Strawway. And then I honestly thought Joanne Calderwood won, but they ended up giving it to Cynthia. You could do the rematch at Flyweight. And then you can do Jennifer Maya versus Caitlin Chukagian. You can do Lauren Murphy against the champ or Jessica Andrade against the champ. Or you can do Jessica Andrade versus Lauren Murphy for a clear-cut path to the champ, which is the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. What other crazy fight happened? That's about it, bro. <coughs> One thing I do want, that promo Michael Chandler cut when he won the fight was amazing. And like what I did like, he said in the post-fight press conference... Khabib, you can chase 30 and 0, or I'm gonna make you 29 and Chandler. 29 and Chandler's probably the greatest thing I've ever heard Michael Chandler say. That was fucking cool. If you thought that was lame, like, dude, don't talk. Do not talk to me, because that was not lame. That was. That was amazing. I wanted to use the F word, but I shouldn't really swear on here. But that was amazing. 29 and Chandler, like, that made me a fan. Like, before this fight card happened, I was all Connor can beat Khabib. But then Connor lost, so I can't be saying that no more. So now I have to switch to Chandler is the one that could give Khabib a fight. What he should do is call out Islam and try to fight Islam. And I guarantee you that'll give him Khabib Nurmagomedov. But, so I went from, I want to see Tony Ferguson fight Habib to, I want to see the Connor McGregor rematch with Habib to 29 and Chandler versus 30 and 0. Like, come on, bro. I know it, it seems like I'm not a, a real fan, but I really am. And this shows because I believe Michael Chandler has the best chance. Look at his style. He He's very explosive. Khabib likes to weaponize pace. Khabib will smother him. Well, if you smother him and he catches you and he knocks you down, he's going to use his own wrestling against yours. He's not like Justin Gaethje because Justin Gaethje was like Chuck Liddell. And he would use defensive wrestling to keep it on the feet. Michael Chandler will use his wrestling offensive and get on top of you and try to smash your face in. So that's an intriguing fight to me. I don't know why Khabib wouldn't come back to fight him if what he doesn't want is to fight anybody else that he's already beat. Michael Chandler's there. Charles Oliveira's there. Like, there's two fresh fights right there for you, and they're in the top five. I'm going to tell you, out of the two, I'd rather see him fight Michael Chandler because I think Michael Chandler has the weapons to beat him. In my opinion. But that's just me. Alright guys. That's going to be it for this one. Next one we're going to talk about. Overeem versus Volkov. Corey Sanhagen versus Frankie Edgar. Clay Guida versus Michael Johnson. I didn't even know that fight was going to happen. Until I saw the weigh-ins today. Crazy. Alright guys. I'll see you in a little bit.